Hi, I'm Bonnie Landry, and welcome to Make Joy Normal. With my co-hosts, Elizabeth and Christina, and the guests we have on our show, we would like to share the opportunity to walk with you while you try to make joy normal in your own life. We're so grateful for all the listeners and for all the questions and the comments that we get on our show. We're just so thankful that you are tuning in and you have a desire to make joy normal in your own life. As part of your daily walk, we hope that we can support you in this. We ask that if this has been valuable to you, that you share, like, or leave us a review. That's how we get the word out so that we can help others make joy normal too. Good afternoon to all my listeners and good afternoon to my guest, Ashley Underwood. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, Ashley and I are going to be talking about the Marquette method of NFP uh, today, which I think will be awesome. You and I had, you had reached out to me after you'd listened to one of the episodes where we talked about what would be known in the sort of the world of NFP as, um, what do they call it? Lamb. Uh, or ecological breastfeeding. Uh, yeah, L- yeah, ecological breastfeeding or LAM. Uh, which is what, you know, we primarily practiced. And you said this is a really breastfeeding friendly uh, sort of multiple pregnancy supportive method. So I think this will be really, really good for, for our listeners. So let's start with a prayer and then we can kind of dive in. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you uh, guide all the, our conversation and particularly for those listeners who uh, who are feeling frustrated by whatever method of NFP they're using or or scared to try something new, that we just ask that you uh, allow this to be a moment of, of peace and knowledge and comfort for them. Uh, we ask um, Mother Good Counsel to pray for us. And St. Philip Neri, patron of joy, pray for us. And St. Thomas Aquinas, patron of chastity, pray for us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So could you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and your family first before we jump in? Sure, I would love to. Great. Uh, so my name is Ashley. I'm a wife, um, a Catholic wife, mother. Um, I'm a registered nurse and I teach the Marquette Method of NFP and virtually uh, worldwide, which is just a, an absolute joy. It's so fun. I can talk about more about that later. Our family, we live outside of Edmonton, uh, Alberta, on a little acreage um, that we just moved to last fall. Prior to that, we lived in Edmonton for 12 years. And we have four kids. They are 6, 8, 10, and 12. Two boys, kind of sandwiched by two girls. And we have homeschooled. (laughs) Girl, boy, boy, girl. Um, The boys really, really need each other to be, you know, their playmates. So I can see why God planned it that way. um, Yes, I love that. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Um, We are homeschoolers. We have homeschooled kind of since the beginning, I guess, since our 12-year-old daughter Mm -hmm. was, you know, in kindergarten or grade one. And that kind of stemmed out of a lot of uh, different reasons, I guess. Yeah, we like doing we like doing lots of things together as a family, which I think was a huge, you know, factor for homeschooling and, you know, camping, traveling, playing games, all that kind of, you know, normal family stuff we like to do together. Fabulous. Yeah. So did your interest in Marquette sort of spin off of the fact that you became a nurse? You became a nurse first and then found out about Marquette or how did that work? Yes, it's actually, it's very interesting to see where God leads you, right? I didn't, I I went, (laughs) right, it it is always very interesting. Um, I went into nursing school right out of high school. So I, 
and I worked rural nursing. I grew up in a small town and I really liked rural nursing where you got to just have mm-hmm. a really wide variety of patients. Um, mm-hmm. Particularly after I had my first baby, I really enjoyed postpartum and labor and delivery and working with moms and breastfeeding. Yeah. But I also really enjoyed just meeting a lot of different types of people and families. Um, right. So I would work with adult patients, end of life care, you know, and then the next day be working in labor and delivery. And it was just a really, really amazing, big nursing experience. And so we had gotten married. And when we got married, we we actually didn't really know very much about NFP at all. Right. We wanted to have kids right away. We were blessed to do so, to, to get pregnant right away. And we ended up learning Creighton first. And the reason for that really was just because the couple who had talked about NFP at our marriage prep, she was a Creighton instructor and she was also a right. registered nurse. Yeah. So that really, you know, okay, we wanted to space our next pregnancy for a variety of reasons. Um, The Canadian mat leave being one of them, right? Being able to go back to work, get another mat leave, you know, space our kids a little bit. Obviously, physical and mental health come into that as well. And so we learned Creighton first. And it it wasn't a good fit. I mean, there are pros and cons to everything. And it just, it wasn't a good fit. It's very subjective. And I don't like subjectiveness. I like things to be black and white. (laughs) I don't like making decisions. And it just felt, it felt really stressful. And I know that it was a combination of a lot of factors, right? When you have your first baby, there's just Mm -hmm. a lot of new things in in life. And what I ended up doing actually was learning about ecological breastfeeding at that time. And that really fascinated me, especially with my background in nursing. Right. And so I think I kind of ended up using, you know, or trying to rely on ecological breastfeeding, spacing our next pregnancy. And then during that pregnancy was actually when we heard about Marquette from another friend of ours. And it just, a lot of things about it really appealed to me. The objectiveness, just the ease of use on a day-to-day basis and the research behind it really just made sense with my background as a nurse and then also with just my, my personality as well. So that was kind of what led us to hearing about Marquette and, and giving it a shot during that second postpartum experience. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to, because not all my listeners are Catholic and so they may not have a reference point for, for any of Mm -hmm. this. So ecological breastfeeding is essentially the the natural spacing that happens uh, because you're breastfeeding and your hormone levels are suppressed uh, from the breastfeeding, uh, which was primarily what what we did. And I'd like to give a bit of disclosure so people know kind of where I'm coming from. The idea behind ecological breastfeeding is that there are sort of certain standards that you need to meet in terms of the way that you mother, the way that you interact with your child, how much sleep you're getting, how frequently they're suckling and that sort of thing. Not that those are things to stress about, but that we don't put barriers up to them we would not want to give the child a pacifier or a bottle or or whatever and though and so that would be the thing that would enhance your fertility it the the organization that i learned that from was sheila uh, was the kipleys uh they've got some beautiful literature but their whole premise is that we should understand at least the the uh the natural suppression or hormones so that we can make decisions so we can so we can decide oh yeah okay my fertility is returning i can tell now do i need a longer spacing and should i employ nfp so that people aren't practicing nfp in those first few months postpartum when they're they maybe don't need to be right that they could just sort of have a period of kind of relaxing about it right so i'm just going to give my disclosure so my listeners know where i'm coming from because i don't want to misrepresent you know myself so when we 
when Albert and I became, when he came back into the church and I became Catholic, we didn't even know the church taught anything about yeah. <laughs> uh, birth control at all. We had no idea the church had a stand on birth control. We were so ignorant. And so for us, that didn't happen until, so we wanted a, a big family. That was a desire of ours because he had grown up in a big family and there we could see the beauty of it. And I already had a child, so we kind of just wanted to get on with it. Mm-hmm. And I was just mm-hmm. putting off this idea because they were like, what am I going to do when I'm, you know, 35 or 38 or whatever point I decide I've had enough kids? What do I do? But that was years down the road, so I didn't need to think about it, right? <laughs> so for me, we dived in not even knowing NFP existed, right? So it wasn't until I had my third <laughs> <Yeah>. child <Yes. laughs> that somebody told us about an a, a NFP method. And we were like, Wow. Okay. So you can, you can have some, uh, some, you know, control over the spacing of babies if you needed that. So, oh, wow. Okay. This, that's an interesting thought. And maybe that's how people decide to stop their families or spread out their babies further or whatever. I was just, we were so ignorant. So we took a, we actually took a Billings course. Uh, and we never used it. And in fact, I found the only thing it was ever really helpful for, for me was actually knowing that I was probably going to conceive, mm-hmm. right? That, oh, okay, I'm ovulating. I'm probably going to conceive. And, you know, then we did. So that was kind of where we were at. There was a couple of periods in our life where we felt like we needed right. a bigger spacing. And at that point, that was actually with our sixth and our seventh child. Uh, one of them, because we had just been through sort of a family trauma and we just felt like we needed a little longer when my fertility mm-hmm. returned and we ended up um, just, just fully abstaining. We just felt, cause we thought, okay, it's going to be for a couple months. We were older. It's not like the passion that's running through your veins when you're 25, <laughs> but it was like, okay, we, you know, this is fine. And plus we're busy with, you know, five or six other kids and whatever. So that's what we opted to do both times. And then the second time I'd had a couple of miscarriages and the OBGYN mm-hmm. said, if you can just wait a little while before you get pregnant, it will increase your chances of having another child. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that was, so I've never actually practiced NFP um, in my world. So, you know, this is, uh, you know, I did learn it, but that's as far as it went. (laughs) So I'd like you to tell us a little bit, could you just talk a little bit about NFP in general for my non-Catholic listeners or my new Catholic listeners so that they at least sort of understand then how Marquette fits into the bigger picture? Yeah. Yeah. So basically when, so NFP, I mean, we have to start at the beginning, right? I guess with like, with the definition or whatever, does, does, does that abbreviation stands stand yes. for? And so it stands for natural family planning. And you'll also hear the term um, FAM or FAM methods, fertility awareness methods. I think mm-hmm. particularly those come from a secular standpoint where couples may use condoms or something else during the fertile window, whereas methods of NFP right. is abstinence during the fertile window. So that's how I understand kind of the difference between that, that, that terminology. Right. Okay. And basically with, with methods of na- natural family planning, you are tracking women's natural signs of fertility and basically making decisions about your behavior, whether you're going to engage in intercourse during fertile times or abstain during fertile times. And right. so you could track, women can track cervical mucus, they can track their body temperature and we can track urinary hormones. Or we can track hormones in blood as well, but that's not a, an at-home process. Right. <laughs> at home, we can track cervical mucus, body temperature, or urinary hormones. Okay, so, so these in a sense are the temperature. symptoms of fertility or exactly, the signs exactly. of fertility. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so that's where methods of NFP began from. I mean, after the rhythm method, 
mucus methods developed. And so that was Billings and then that was Creighton. And then there were researchers who were familiar with Billings and Creighton. And in 1999, they developed the Marquette method using a tool called the Clear Blue Monitor. And what the Clear Blue Monitor does is track urinary levels of estrogen and LH. So I think this was pretty revolutionary. I mean, I wasn't using it at this time, but um, the monitor was actually developed for couples who were trying to conceive. So it helped couples pinpoint when their highest chances of conception were. But we can also just use it as a tool because it measures those reproductive hormones and then use that information along with the protocols that were developed at Marquette University. Um, Whether women are postpartum and breastfeeding or in regular cycles, you know, coming off birth control, impairing menopause, all of those mm-hmm. scenarios, you'll get kind of an individualized protocol with your instructor. Right. And so this is where the, what the attraction was then is that as mm-hmm. that, uh, as a mom who wants to practice extended breastfeeding, that then you, you have a more um, exact uh, way of determining when your fertility is, mm-hmm. uh, is imminent. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And the reality, I mean, as Canadians, we have a beautiful mat leave, right? So lots of Canadian women that I work with are home with their babies for 12 or 18 months. Most women that I work with are American. And the reality of American culture is that most working women are not home with their babies. And so they're not, they are not able to rely on lamb or rely on ecological breastfeeding. Um, And so that's also where this really comes in, right? They need to take care of their mental health, their physical health, our finances. And yeah. this gives them a really objective and easy to use method um, to be responsible parents. I love that term from St. John mm-hmm. Paul II, right? He calls us to be responsible parents. Mm-hmm. And that that is is where using NFP comes in as well. So I I thought it would be important to qualify too to my listeners like why okay so why are we talking about this on a homeschooling podcast? <laughs> but the reality is that anything we can do to simplify our life mm-hmm. is valuable in family life, and so that was why I thought this would be a really good idea to, to <laughs> chat because we need to we need to simplify our lives, and if this is one way of doing it, then then great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. So then how does, if you can kind of explain how, maybe more in a bit more detail, sort of how Marquette differs from other methods on the ground. So somebody is practicing, uh, say, sort of we can do a bit of a comparison, uh, you know, maybe to billings or temperature or like, how does that look on the ground? And why is it, why is this one more fruitful or more, more, um, simpler for for people to use simpler yeah okay yeah that's a great question um so with mucus based methods what women do is track their cervical mucus throughout the whole day so when you wake up in the morning till you go to bed at night every time you go to the bathroom before and after having a shower going swimming exercising all of those things so you have to make a cervical mucus observation at all of those different times right right? um and so that's a lot of times during Mm -hmm. a day it's not impossible. Lots of couples use mucus-based methods and, 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 it, and it can work well, but that is a lot of tracking. Right. Um, 
So Creighton billing, so mucus-based methods. Symptothermal methods, you track mucus, and then you also track temperature. And so the interesting thing about women's body temperature is that it rises after ovulation has occurred right. due to the rise in a hormone called progesterone. Right. So this is, I think, very fascinating that our bodies were designed this way. And so by tracking your temperature daily, then you graph it, you know, whether that's on an app or a okay. paper, then you'll see a temperature rise after ovulation has occurred. And so that proves that ovulation has occurred because we know that progesterone has risen. Right. So most women used to use an oral thermometer and you would take your temperature at the same time of day, every day. You can't have eaten or drank or gotten up and gone to the bathroom yet. And you had to have slept for a certain length. Right. <laughs> when you have a baby <laughs> so some women still do that but there is also actually something now called temp drop and what temp drop is is a wearable thermometer and so you wear oh. it on your upper arm when you're sleeping it pulls in all these data points through the night and and you know with its sophisticated algorithm figures out what your your temperature is for that day okay. so that is a really viable option for women okay. who want to track temperatures it's not very expensive and it's just a one-time cost and and it can take into account, right, getting up with right. your children or that sort of thing. So um, tracking temperatures is, is definitely a, a very great way to confirm that ovulation has occurred and that, that you're in the infertile time of your cycle. Right. So symptothermal methods will combine mucus and your temperature results with their, you know, instructions or right. protocols. And then with Marquette, so people, so typically we use what's called the monitor protocol. And so that's using the clear blue monitor. And so in the morning, when you get up to go pee for the first time for that day, you pee into a little test cup, dip a little test stick, and then you insert it into the monitor. It clicks in, gives a little beep after five right. minutes, and then it gives you your result for that day. And you don't even actually have to wait for your result. You can walk away and continue okay. on with your day. Um, you just have to come back at some time and see what your result is write it down and then basically apply that to your, your protocol that you're in, whether you're breastfeeding or in regular cycles okay. or that sort of thing. So the amount of things that you have to do during a day when you're using Marquette is basically to take your test and write your results. Okay. And you don't have to track something throughout the whole rest of that day as well. The one thing my daughter was saying that the one thing that she found was that there there's more of a cost attached to it. Not a, you know, not a huge cost, but it's it's worth, you know, sort of mm -hmm. chatting about. So the cost, I'm assuming, then is the monitor and the test strips. Is that correct? Yes. So okay. monitors. I mean, depending if you're Canadian or, or American, I mean, they're yeah, still exactly. not very much. And then the, the test sticks, you get thirty sticks. It's about forty five dollars a box. And depending on which protocol you're in, that will determine how many you use. But yeah, there is the ongoing cost of test sticks. Um, right. So that can that is a factor. And the monitor would just be a one-time. Yeah, the monitor is a one-time cost. They last a really, a really, really okay. long time typically. And you can okay. get used monitors as well. We just erase them and then you could, you can use a used monitor as well. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So then, so the main, so the, the one sort of con, I guess then is cost, mm -hmm. but it's mi still minimal, right? Mm -hmm. So what would, say on average, if somebody was, would, first of all, would you start using Marquette as soon as you had your baby or would you just try and be aware of when you're 
Like if you were already familiar with your own signs of fertility, could you wait? Yeah, you could. So typically what I talk with women about is, so if you're breastfeeding, you don't need to start before six weeks for sure. You know, it takes a little while for your body to adjust from being pregnant and that immediate postpartum phase to kind of settle out into this, what we call cycle zero, which is before you've had your first period. Um, Right. And so then I think it's very dependent on the couple and their situation. Most of the women I work with start testing somewhere around six weeks. Okay. But if you, and so then, yeah, it depends on your comfort level. For me, once I had had my first baby and recognized that, okay, my cycle didn't return until she was nine or 10 months old. And with our future babies, it was really comfortable not starting to test until they were four or five months old, you know, maybe sleeping better, which is not the case with mine, but you know, getting closer, (laughs) they did not sleep, Um, getting closer to starting solids, that sort of thing. And at that point in time, it was a, we're, you know, we'll probably have more kids. So um, it didn't, you know, it didn't feel like that serious scenario where we needed to. Okay. So now how is it, is it a challenging method to learn? Like sort of what's the kind of the, what does the training look like? It's very straightforward. So when I meet with couples, sometimes I meet with them when they're pregnant so that we can kind of talk about things a little bit, give time for information to soak in. But most of the time I'm meeting with couples after they've had their baby, which I mean, you know, right, you're not at your prime level of learning, (laughs) but it is really not remembering (laughs) things for sure. Not remembering things. It's really straightforward. So we go through, you know, a review of fertility, how the monitor works, what things look like when we're postpartum, you know, what happens with our hormones when we're breastfeeding, and then how to use the monitor. Right. and how to chart. And so that usually takes about an hour. Okay. And then for breastfeeding okay. women, you basically can start testing in two days and you're kind of up and running with the protocol after that. It's really easy to learn and, and really straightforward to get started. And usually there's not a lot of hiccups along the way. So sometimes I don't hear from people again until they are going to get their first period, right? Or they've had that peak reading, which tells us that they're going to ovulate and going to get their first period. Um, but it's very easy to get started. So how do they access the training? The Mar- I found the Marquette website. Is that like Marquette Canada that you ha- your page is on? Or is that Marquette International? Uh, so it's not um, country dependent, sorry. It's instructor specific, basically. So there is what we call the MMPA, which is our certification body. And so there's a really good website, marquettemethodprofessionals.com, I believe. Yeah, I found it really, really informative and, you know, answered a lot of questions and was quite, I don't know, sort of went above and beyond. And there's lots of sort of blog posts that kind of explain different details in much more, uh, much more Mm -hmm. detail than, you know, sort of your first read. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And good links, like good links to think if you want to know more about this specific thing, or if you want to know more about your chart, or if you want to know more about the monitor itself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I thought, I thought it was really well yeah, done. There's yeah. And then every instructor is free to kind of format their teaching and their follow-up how they want. So I work for a local company, right. another lady in Edmonton, and there's an, a lady in BC. And then the rest of the instructors that we work with are American. So okay. we kind of work together as a collective okay. so we can you know help each other out whether that's covering for a mat leave, you know, or helping answer complicated mm-hmm. questions. Um, but that's kind of how we work as a company. Okay. So this question, I'm sure you've heard it a thousand times, but it always comes up in any conversation with NFP, especially when you're talking to non-Catholics, mm-hmm. right? Well, isn't that the same as contraceptive? Mm-hmm. So, so can I get your take on that? Because, you know, we hear th- phrases like, well, it could be used contraceptively and, uh, you know, but there's still 
there's still moral issues around NFP, right? So, so I know this is not directly about Marquette, but is it something that you could speak to for a couple minutes? I will not claim to be a theologian. I'll say that right up front. <laughs> <laughs> science is my background. I have a degree in science. Um, yeah, that's obviously a really huge topic. And even within Catholic circles, yeah. there can be lots of discussion mm-hmm. around that. One of my favorite places actually to go for kind of information on that is there's a theologian named Dr. Kevin Miller, and he has a really great article oh. about how you cannot use NFP contraceptively or with a contraceptive mindset and right. um, using NFP, using contraception separates the man and the woman, right? It separates them. They're either choosing to right. have intercourse for the unit of nature or for the procreative nature, but they want to, you want to separate that out when you're using contraception. Whereas when we use natural family planning, we're having intercourse as a couple, the way that God designed it to be, which is both unitive and procreative. So you're not separating those aspects Mm -hmm. out from each other, which I don't know if this analogy comes right from him, but father Mike's podcast catechism in a year, he talks about how food, right? We eat food for nourishment, but we also enjoy food. But if we separate those two, you're going to end up yeah. with an eating disorder, right? Or something we have to take into account both of those aspects yeah. of, of food. And I, I think that's kind of a good analogy. I suppose, and this is just guesswork on my part, but I suppose that that a person could could look at their life and use NFP uh, and they they may, God may be working on their generosity, he may, you know, he may be calling them to to reconsider whether or not, you know, they're saying their family was mm-hmm. done, right, or whatever. Uh, but it's still it's still not the same as contraception mm-hmm. when they're. Uh, but it, it might be more from a from a, a moral perspective. It might more mm-hmm. be more about their their uh, attitudes towards generosity. Like, am I um, am I not ready? You know, I'm not. Am I um, withholding myself because? Mm-hmm. I don't think God can carry me through this or whatever, right? There might be different reasons and not, and I don't mean that in a judgmental way that somebody should be more generous. We can never, you know, I say that all the time, like we can't decide for someone else what is the right move for them. So when we should never judge, like whatever somebody is, uh, is doing, mm-hmm. we should never be sitting in the judgment seat. And we know that mm-hmm. about ourselves because we're going to be judged <laughs> more harshly than, than we will judge. And so we can't ever think, oh, okay, well, they shouldn't be doing that, right? Because we can't know the conversations yeah. <laughs> they've had with each other and with God, yes. right? So it all comes down to to that, right? That we have to be respectful of somebody's spiritual life in a sense, right? And we, and we certainly don't know the intimate details of someone else's yeah. marriage and family life as and well. And it's none of our business. <laughs> That's exactly, it's none of our business. <laughs> yeah. So... Okay, so one other question. I think just, yeah. sorry, just another point maybe about yeah. that, Bonnie, because you mentioned, you know, trust, right? And I think you're right that the benefits of using NFP is is that it forces us, you know, whether that's, whether we're ready for that or not, forces us to to trust God and to get to that point where we can trust God. Right. And it teaches us what, what sex really means. What does love really yeah. mean? What does being in a marriage really mean? And it, and it invites us to think about fertility jointly, whereas contraception really tears that apart, mm-hmm. right? It's maybe a her issue. She has to take the pill or it's a his issue. He has to use a condom. And we're really just, it's really just very disjointed. 
um, yeah. you're separating. Yeah. You're yeah. It's an amazing thing. Each other. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's an amazing thing when we, when, when this idea, I mean, we didn't, when we first got married, we didn't have a contraceptive mentality because we were just open to children, you know, and that was just something that we could just think about down the road. But when we found out what the church taught, it was like, hallelujah. You know, this was, this is so, it makes so much sense because even as a secular person before my conversion, I did not understand why uh, fertility was looked mm-hmm. at like a disease, mm-hmm. right? Like, why do we take a drug to to squelch our fertility? We don't right. do that with any right. other bodily system, right? We respect the fact that it's healthy and working, and that's a good sign. Pregnancy is a good sign. <laughs> right. I mean, something went right. Something went right. The possibility yeah. of things going wrong are huge. You know what I mean? Like, when we think about it, every child is such yeah. a miracle. Yeah. But to think about a man and a woman and our our role and our complementarity that we, and again, for non-Catholic listeners, this idea that the church looks at at intimacy as both unitive and procreative, and we don't want to separate either of those things, that, that, that each act mm-hmm. uh, of marital intimacy mm-hmm. embraces, uh, embraces the unitive and the procreative aspect of it. And so we don't want to... Um, to just, we can rely on one or the other. Like we're doing this because we want a baby or doing this because it's enjoyable. And, mm-hmm. and that is why. Mm-hmm. And those two things are just so intrinsically uh, connected to each other that, that it's not possible to separate them, right? It's not mm-hmm. possible to separate them. And that was, it's just, it's such a beautiful thing. And Pope John Paul was so incredible at making that clear for us, right? He was, he was such a gifted, incredibly gifted man. Yes. Do you have any sort of, reading that you would recommend to people like this would be if you're starting off on this journey uh that that here's might be some good reading material the market website obviously is a a good place to start but anything else that was appealing to you yeah the oh i have a i have a huge list of of recommendations that i use for my my marriage prep class and i think it depends on what aspect people are interested in Um, from the theology Mm -hmm. side of things. There's obviously lots of really great resources. And one of the top things that I have been recommending to couples is the, actually the catechism in a year podcast episodes three or four to three twelve. They all there. It's about marriage and chastity and family life. And it's really fantastic. Um, There is, you know, the old, I think it's from the 90s, a talk from Dr. Janet Smith called Contraception, Why Not? And I think it's just free on YouTube. Oh, yeah. We used to hand the tapes out. We buy a yeah. hundred at a time. And have <laughs> Fantastic. It's yeah. still so good. It's still so good and so relevant. Where is it available? Like, is it available as an MP3 or something? I believe you can just go to her website and download it. And maybe it's just okay. on YouTube. Yep. Okay. Okay. Good yep. to know. Yeah, it's fantastic. It is very good. Um, the other, uh, from a from a non-religious standpoint, there's a really good book called The Period Repair Manual by Laura Bryden. And so it is a book that, it's not, it's not very old. It's information that I wish I would have known in my 20s. Hormone health, period health, what is PMS? Is it normal for, you know, X, Y, Z? And I really do think that it's information that women should know. And it's, again, it's not spiritual it is science right what what are periods right. why is it important to ovulate um what do our hormones right. do what are different hormone imbalances and i think it's yeah very important information for women and men to understand 
So that's right. a good kind of period book. Um, okay. Yeah, those would be probably, there's a book called Taking Charge of Your Fertility. That's often kind of a gateway okay. book to NFP for a lot of people. And, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is there somewhere where that compares the methods that people could uh, sort of look at the, does Marquette have that? There's, I think, lots of websites that do kind of that comparison. Uh, we do have a blog on that on our website. So vtfertility.com. Okay. And then there's like a NFP methods comparison chart. Um, okay. So, yeah, that would be handy. Yeah. 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 So is this something that people should sort of take a course in before they launch? Like, I think most of the other, the other methods are definitely like that. They recommend taking a course. Uh and how does that work with you? Is, do you mm -hmm. do group courses? Do you just do one-on-one? -on -one? How does that look mm -hmm. with yourself? Yeah, definitely Marquette was developed to be used with an instructor, with an instructor who's a healthcare okay. professional, right? We have okay. that, you know, degree in working with people, in body systems, in, yeah. um, you know, investigative thinking perhaps. Um, and so, yeah. yes, definitely if you want, and that's how efficacy rates are, are, calculated as well, right? It's learning with an instructor. Um, and so we, we do one-on-one -on -one classes only. Uh, we, you know, I think it's a very intimate and personal topic and something that maybe people yeah. in a group setting may not ask the questions that they want to. So yeah, we only sure. do one-on-one. -on -one. Some instructors do okay. group classes um, and I'm, you know, that can serve well in, in some scenarios, I'm sure, but we, we just do one-on-one. -on -one. Um, right. Primarily virtual, you know, you can meet with anybody from, from anywhere that way. Yeah. Any time of day, don't have to get childcare. <laughs> um, so it yeah. is actually uh, works quite well, I think, for that. Yeah. And yeah, so we, once I get someone that's registered, I, we just make an appointment to meet, meet over Zoom for, you know, 60 to 90 minutes. And then we okay. need to go over protocol changes if we need. But primarily, a lot of follow up can be done by email because things are so simple okay. and. Yeah, straightforward. So you're really just kind of taking a one-time class unless you're getting into some bumpy, you know, yeah, area. Yeah, typically, yes. Okay. Yeah. And that's okay. So what does that cost? Just so I know, just so we can put that down. Yeah. So we charge. Uh, I'm gonna think about Canadian and American, but um, right. <laughs> three hundred Canadian or two thirty US, and so that includes okay. your initial class, your charts that you'll use, um, right. your instruction, your email follow up. Um, a year of whatever you need, basically. And we mail out books. So we're the only company that has books that are approved by Marquette University. So we have a breastfeeding book and a regular cycles book. So everyone gets those right. as well when they work with us. Okay. And, and then, yeah, anything okay. you need in that year, basically. Okay. Wow. That's, that's pretty good um, package deal. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, right yeah for your follow-up because probably most people need some kind of follow-up mm -hmm. yeah typically yeah yeah and that is different yeah. than I mean when I learned Creighton you paid per follow-up and at that time which was about 12 years ago I think it was $60 per follow-up and they require a lot right. of follow-ups and they require you to yeah. pay for charts and pay for stickers and pay for all these things so it's nice to just be right. able to pay once and whatever you need, yeah. you can you can access and you can have. There's no yeah. there's no hidden fees. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, do you find that there's much sort of overlap? I mean, in your nursing training, 
Is, do you exclusively do this or are you nursing as well? At this point and for the last year, I exclusively teach Marquette. So it's my, kind of okay. my part-time work from home, work around homeschooling. And okay. yeah, this is my job right now. So yeah, I was actually going to ask you two questions. The first one being, um, is there is there uh, sort of overlap in terms of sort of breastfeeding counseling or postpartum mm-hmm. counseling because of what you do and because of your background? Mm-hmm. And the second one, which we can address in a minute, is is making this work with homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why I'm asking that question yeah. because uh, <laughs> yeah. So is there? Uh, do you find that your nursing training and your postpartum mm-hmm. sort of breastfeeding training, whatever is, is overlaps with this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just even okay. oh, everything from, from, you know, creating that relationship with your patient or your client, mm-hmm. um, the communication skills, the assessment skills that you use as a nurse and same with, with right. teaching Marquette. I mean, that's why instructors are required to be healthcare professionals because you have that background right. and those skills that are really needed. And then on top right. of that, I do find it really valuable to to have experience in teaching breastfeeding or experience in working with lactation consultants and physicians and, you know, knowing how to and where to direct couples if they need help from right. a physician or if they're having, you know, if they mention offhand that they're having troubles with breastfeeding. Okay, well, here's some tips for you or here's mm-hmm. where you can go for help. And so I do find that very helpful in that, I bet, yeah, yeah in, in being able to help yeah. couples, not just with their method of natural family planning, right, but maybe in their marriage or maybe with their breastfeeding, um, yeah, kind of whatever maybe they're looking for, and and that's what nurses do. It's kind of jack of all trades and master of none. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think in my experiences, when when uh, you know I was really really sick after Liddy was born, and various experiences I've had, it's the nurses that are just mm-hmm. like the angels that you know fly in and care for you and yeah. fly out again. And yeah. my husband and I both have just such incredible respect for the nursing profession because we just think first of all it's just not my wheelhouse at all (laughs) but what a beautiful gift and it just seems like people are called to it they just know like you said you you know you went in right after high school you just knew right and I I just I find that fascinating and and such a beautiful uh, sort of testimony to caring for others right Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, I do definitely feel like it is more than just a job right it is a vacation um, yeah. teaching Marquette, you know, being part of my vocation, being a nurse, being part of my vocation. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, being wife and mother first, but being able to work this really fun job around homeschooling, which I think yeah. leads into your next question, right? Yeah. How, how do you, you know, work or teach mm-hmm. uh, Marquette or, or anything as a homeschooling mother? And that's what I love about this is that I can schedule my clients to meet around what I want yeah. to do with my kids instead yeah. of being dictated that here's the shift you're working. Right. Um, you know, here's, here's Christmas that you're working and here's Easter yeah. that you're working or those sort of things. And I can meet with clients in the afternoon. I mean, my kids are old enough, right? They are, they are capable of playing. Yeah. Um, or I can meet with clients at, at night when their kids are in bed and my kids yeah. are in bed. And so it just provides a lot of flexibility so that yeah. I'm able to be home with my kids homeschool yeah. with them, travel with them, you know, do fun yeah, field trips exactly. with them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I had somebody reach out to me recently who's a professional mom and she she's a physician mm-hmm. and she wants to homeschool her kids and she's just kind of coming up to that. She said, you know, have you ever had any resources? Have you ever interviewed somebody who's who's a working mom who also homeschools uh-huh. their kids? It just so happens I had a couple of moms in mind they were having this conversation that I was part of via email. And I said, you know, I would love to bring this to a podcast because 
I think that there are some jobs that that women can do that can also work with homeschooling their kids, right? And and again, seasonally, Mm -hmm, like maybe when you have a two or three really small kids or kids under three or something like that might be harder. You might need to have help at home, but, but the ability to work from home Mm -hmm. uh, has really changed everything, right? The whole landscape of, of, um, of working moms, working parents. Anyway, so that's going to be an upcoming episode that I think will be really valuable is like, how do you actually make this work? Right. And so this is something that you found how to take a nursing career and make it work. And also be of mm-hmm. obviously of incredible value to parents, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from your own life experience, which is great. I mean, that's the thing that really uh, shone for me when, when we, our first conversation that we had was, uh, was, okay, you've had experience at this. This is what you found worked. And you're a mom who's working and homeschooling, right? So that says a lot to me, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I will add, I have a, we, I think we do have a very unique kind of life situation. My husband is home a lot of the time at this point in our life right now as well. So we really do do everything jointly and he does a lot of, you know, you just, you each have your own strengths and what you can bring to the table. So we don't have a very traditional, and I say that in quotes, you know, traditional, uh, life. Um, but it's beautiful and works for us. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the, really the bottom line of finding what what jives with you. We knew a family years ago that had uh, the parents were both musicians and they were music teachers, and so their schedule was from three o'clock in the afternoon till about eight o'clock at night. They were homeschooling family, and both the parents worked as musicians, mm-hmm. and they they the vibe they got into was that they would have their family meal at lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Right. So they would do their homeschooling in the morning. Then they would have a family meal together at lunchtime because dinner was never really something that worked for them Mm -hmm. because they, you know, they had after school hours of when they were going to be teaching music. Right. Or performing. That's okay, Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. This is fantastic. Where do people get a hold of you if they wanted to to connect with you? They could email me. Uh, My name is spelled A-S-H-L-E-E at vitafertility.com. So V-I-T-A-E fertility.com. Okay, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, Vitae Fertility is our company um, website. And yeah, I'm happy to meet with people. I often meet with with women or couples, you know, wanting to learn more about Marquette or or NFP or that thing as well. So kind of, you know, a free consult um, to discuss those sorts of things or... Yeah, that's helpful because it might just give them a little more in depth, whether it's going to be a right, a good fit for them. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You must get a lot of people coming at you sort of nervous. Yeah. I mean, change like something new is difficult for, for us as humans, right. When we don't know what we're getting into, what to anticipate. And then I love reaching out to couples after and asking them how things are going and getting the, Oh, it's so great. You know, or it's so much easier than I expected, or just, you can hear it, you know, even in an email, you can hear that that it's going well. And and I really love, I love that follow-up. Okay. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much. This is great. And uh, we'll put all your information up. And so thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Bonnie. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Okay. We'll talk soon.